0: Troy Galloway is a construction manager and consultant, commercial and residential builder, and a certified inspector for all commercial and residential buildings. And now, here is About the House with Troy Galloway. Well, hello, folks. Welcome back to About the House. This is your humble host, Troy Galloway, owner of Galloway Building Services. This is a very absolutely great, unique show. We are a video, audio university of knowledge on everything you need to know about your home. We actually, we talk about the construction. We talk about real estate. We talk about maintenance of your home. Everything home-related, that's what the show is about. This is a -a one-of-a-kind show. What's really great is that you can go back at any time and check it up on a podcast, or you can go to YouTube and check it out, or check us out on our Galloway Building Services Facebook page and our webpage. Got a lot of great information there and also links to go to find out a lot more information, too. It's crazy. We get contacted from folks all over the United States asking questions, wanting to know more about it, subscribing to our channel, so uh, I'm excited to bring this here, folks, to you today. Just Galloway Building Services is my company that I own, and it's just like this radio show. It's a one of a kind company. There's nobody else that does what we do. We, you know, not only do we home and building inspections, of course, you know, about everybody, everybody does that, but we also do construction inspections. So if you want to make sure your job's being done right, you give us a call. Uh, we also get called on construction conflict resolution. So you got a contractor maybe not doing exactly what you want, uh, or you think he's doing something wrong. You give us a call, we we'll come out there take a look at it for you. We do this for folks all the time all over the Midwest. We also do litigation work. So, heaven forbid you have to go to court uh for whatever some something did body did something wrong on a construction project or they left something out and you get hurt, you give us a call, we come in there take care of it for you. Uh we work with several attorneys throughout the Midwest that could also help you. Uh so we kind of work hand in hand, we know exactly what they're looking to do our motto of our company is we want to make sure your job is being done right you're not getting ripped off and you're getting what you paid for that's really important if you just i mean i i was talking to some friends about this this the other day it's about like my computer i got a really beautiful computer and uh from the outside it looks great but I have no idea what's going on inside of it. If they if they give me what they promised, if it's, uh, if it's going to perform as it's promised. So you need somebody like us, the same thing with your house to take a look and make sure that what you're getting is right. And, uh, so anyway, we're going to jump right on to this. This is something I've been getting asked about a lot. So we're going to kind of do a little question and answer, uh, on this. And this is about engineered lumber, engineered wood. Engineer Wood, uh, you know, we are coming to a place now that this we could take pieces and scraps and make something even bigger and better and not waste our product. It's really cool. It's really coming a long ways. And every day there's something else new. Now, I really don't know that I am going to get all of this in one show. So we're probably going to have to do it in a couple of shows. So we're going to just start off here and just kind of talk about what is engineered wood. It's also called mass timber. It's called composite wood, man-made wood. manufactured wood and it's a derivative of wood together with adhesives we're not going to really drill deep into the manufacturing process but more about the different products out there how you could use them on your project and how to take care of them if you already have some but you know we talk about engineered wood and it is it's wood but you know now they can actually make it from uh, like plants other than trees you know they make it from engineered bamboo everybody I'm sure heard about that but you can also make it from straw you can make it from wheat rice of course we're hearing a lot more about hemp out there even sugarcane residue and vegetable fibers so that'll be another show altogether today we're going to stick it to just engineered lumber but you know that is really really cool how these things are coming along And what we want to talk about here is the very, well, maybe not the very first engineered wood, but what we call out here in the construction world, the mother of all engineered materials. And that's plywood. Everybody knows about plywood. And plywood is a very unique. What they do actually with plywood, as most of folks know, is that it's a veneer. So what they do is they strip a thin section of, of a tree, of a saw log, and roll it out in thin pieces. And then they take them thin pieces and glue them together. And they will cross-laminate the veneer and, and put it and bond it under heat and pressure with moisture-resistant adhesives. Not all plywood is is exterior grade some of its interior grade you can get it at different levels say like an a b grade that would be something you could make cabinets with, furniture with, things like that. And then you can get a, a CD grade or a little lesser grade. And we use a lot of that because of its strength. We could use that for like on curved staircases and, and, and because it bends so easily. Uh, there's just a ton of applications for it. And because of its strength, also you can use it for exterior and it'll say right on the material, exterior grade so by altering the grain direction of the veneers from the layer to layer we call it cross oriented panels it maximizes the very strength of the panel and so that that is the kind of like what we all started out understanding what different of uh, engineered material was of course we didn't call it engineered material we just thought uh, called it plywood Alrighty, well let's move over here to some of the other different types of uh, engineered materials. Densified wood. Densified wood is usually made by a mechanical hot press to compress the wood fibers and this increases the density by a factor of three. Now just imagine you take that same piece of regular wood and you make it three times stronger just by a mechanical hot press and put of the wood fibers really a neat idea. Then you got chemically densified wood. Now, chemically densified wood, it's actually what it is. It's a combined chemical process with traditional mechanical hot press methods like you would the densified. uh, But they also take it and make it one step further with this. And what they do is they actually will take this with different chemicals and add to it you know like we're not going to go to I don't want to get into the chemistry of it I probably wouldn't understand the chemistry of it anyway but what I is but compared to just its chemically its cousin uh densified wood this stuff from where the others three times stronger this is 11 times stronger chemically densified wood and this strength is comes from a hydrogen bonding formed between the aligned uh, cellulose nano fibers, really pretty cool. Uh, the densified wood process, mechanical strength properties, literally are on par with a lot of steel. To me, that's just amazing, something that could be made to that strong. That's just a couple of the different types of, of systems of, of, of making your your boards work. Now we'll kind of move over to, because this is where I get a lot of my questions, and that is uh, the different types of plywood, we call it, or hardboard, or, or uh, different kinds of materials out there. And there is a lot of different re- ways we use it. So we got a medium density fiberboard and a high density fiberboard. Now, high-density fiberboard, it's it's called hardboard. And it's just made down from break. It's made by breaking down the hardwood or the softwood, you know, residuals into wood fibers, combining it with wax and a resin binder. And then they form panels with this by applying a hot temperature and pressure. Now, medium-density fiberboard. This is actually, we call this MDF now this is where it's not as strong we're going to talk about a little bit of that but now we'll see mdf on a lot of well we see a lot of a wood trim uh where now indoors Uh, we also see it in our trim base trim and stuff inside our home it really does it's for that kind of application it works great and it's a lot stronger than particle board We'll talk about particle board as we go along on this. But actually, so the name derives from the distinction of uh, densities and the fiberboard. And large-scale production of MDF began around 1980 in North America and in Europe. Now, one of the questions I get asked: what is MDF good for? This is really good for you how-to people out there that's trying to figure out what's the best product for my application or my project. Because it's inexpensive and fairly durable, medium-density fiberboard is a great choice for all your like shelving projects or storage cabinets. But MDF wood is great for decorative projects, too. And it's basically just sawdust and glue can you just saw dust and glue fused together under pressure and then and of course a lot of great heat uh just just i i I know i'm just like a kid in a candy store i hear i see these things i just think how cool you know these things just continue to evolve but i also want to talk about what are some of the disadvantages of mdf and mdf actually so you know it, it is it's weaker than wood and it can crack and split under extreme stresses. We all know how bad MDF absorbs water quicker than wood, and it just, just deteriorates quickly. So it's really not necessarily an exterior product by itself. Uh, it has to be sealed and taken care of. But, you know, your cabinets and stuff, that's more indoors anyway. So, you know, don't put it under wet conditions. And it doesn't take nails and screws easily. What do I mean by that? Well, you ever try to nail that stuff? To, you know, ever try to nail a piece of oak or hickory? Well, or or screw it. Well, this is kind of like the same thing. It's just that hard. I don't know how many times you you we ended up breaking. Well, you not just you really do need to pre-drill that before you actually start putting your screws in it. But I've seen it countless times where it literally breaks the screws off. But it's just it's a great material because of its uniformity. It really does for interior kind of projects like we just mentioned earlier. It's fabulous. Now is. I get asked, is MDF board better than plywood? Well, sometimes. Uh, I know that's not a very good answer, but sometimes. Uh, MDF is great for cutting and machining and drilling, since it doesn't chip easily. But on the other hand, plywood is a heck of a lot stronger material, and like I said, it could be used for your, your doors and floors and staircase and even outdoor furniture. And it's like I said earlier, too, it's easier to bend so you can make some neat projects with it. We get these questions on our Facebook and our web page. So if you guys ever have any questions like this, call me, contact me, and, uh, heck, I'll answer you before I wait to come onto the radio show uh, and do this for you. But this is going to, you know, just feel free to reach out, and then we'll just ask your questions when we get a series like this together. But should I use MDF for cabinets? Now that's medium density fiberboard (MDF). It's a, use a good quality grade. Yes, it can be used for cabinets, but you want to use a good grade, and uh, usually it performs better than solid wood in many of our areas, and also because of its uniformity. Because because this cabinet doors and paneling are made of solid wood, they require care and maintenance. In construction of cabinet doors that will get painted, MDF definitely outperforms solid wood so if you were a cabinet maker or something like that think about this you know there's some other disadvantages but we're going to just stay with that right there about it but here and you see this when you pick it up or you do some research you'll you'll see this all over the internet is mdf cancerous well I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to say. I'm just going to pass on the information that some of what I hear. And, uh, you know, and it, honestly, folks, I've never known anybody cabinet maker. And I, as a journeyman millwright myself, uh, I've used a lot of it, been around, it, exposed it. And I don't know anybody got cancer because of it, but then, you know, maybe they did and we didn't know. Uh, but whenever you cut it, uh, that That dust sends out, and that's it, this dust is coated with formaldehyde and because of the formaldehyde, you know workers have claimed they have high rates of lung cancer, throat cancer, nose cancer, so I want you to keep that in mind more also is that whenever you are trying to make an environmentally friendly home. you got family members in today's world we had sadly we got a lot of folks that are allergic to formaldehyde this is one of the areas that you want to stay away from on this MDF board so and stick more towards with your solid woods or even a metal cabinet for that matter if that's something that you're allergic to and we're going to go into that uh, total show in regards to cancerous and type materials but not today we're going to stay just with our engineered wood all right, I hope that kind of answers them questions for you folks that ask them out there. Uh, if not, just give me a holler back. All right, let's move over here to particle board. And particle board, we've all seen that this is actually what this is. It's manufactured from wood chips and sawmill shavings, even sawdust. And it's used with a synthetic resin or other suitable type binders and it's pressed and extruded and there's all kinds of different types of particle board out there and we're going to kind of move into some of the different ones that are out there but we've uh, we've like for instance we see osb board and we're going to go into that here a little bit is particle board stronger than plywood well it it, it is uh not stronger than plywood except when it's used for like the osb board but if you know that old cheap stuff that you buy it down there you know it, it, you, you, we've all seen it that it's not very good for strength but that's all right for that type of work and mdf is smoother it takes better detail it's easier to seal you know than plywood and you can seal the edges and and it gives it a good clean look uh, so that's a great, uh, that's a great use for it. It's also used in all types of construction projects. It's a standard and utilized uh, substitution for saving money. Uh, particle board is also available in different grades. So make sure that the grade that you're using is what you're needing. So, like I said, it because a particle board is a big word for a lot of different types of boards out there. Does particle board break easily? I get asked that. Does it break easily? Well, particle board may be cheaper alternative, but don't expect them cabinets to last very long. Particle board breaks down easily. And like, you know, earlier we talked about it, you know, it comes into water or humidity. It literally uh, just disintegrates. So it's not something that, uh, you know, just their basic particle board. It's just not made for outside type use. But there are also advantages for particle board. And, uh, the different, it's, we're talking about the more of the lower grade particle board. And it's a, it's a lower cost. Uh, it's also advantages or is over solid wood. And, uh, it, like it been, it's great for furniture. It does it warp. You know, like a regular, if you got like a one by four or whatever, you know, regular sawmill lumber has a tendency to warp. Uh, heck, we see that all the time. And it's going to be straight where, you know, where if we, when we're using sawmill lumber, that stuff comes in different sizes, warps, twists, you know, that's just the nature of, uh, of it. Can part, another one, a question I get asked. Can particle board be painted? Well, now we're talking of your just your lower grade particle board. You could paint it all actually, but uh, in this particular case, we're talking about this. A gentle, uh, just do a gentle sanding with it with some fine grit sandpaper, remove some of the grime and the scuffs off of it, you know, so as that it'll receive the primer. And of course, that holds true with uh, you know any of the wood grain finish material. Uh, that you can you could use primers is a great for the good paint on particle board latex now I'm not a painter so uh don't want to step on any painters toes if you guys have a different opinion on that let me know but I see a lot of our painters out there they use latex on it they use oil or lacquer paints on it uh, can also be uh, once once the primer dries here's a and here's a great question and you know that some of that cheaper sawdust type particle board, why is it so heavy? well, because of the density of it and how they press it how they how they put it together, it's so dense and it's so heavy it's just not very ideal for large hung type cabinets you know because of of the weight of it and that's another good reason why they don't really make long lasting type of catch your cabinets another question we get asked or have been here several times can particle board get wet now i talked about that a little bit just earlier but no it really can't it really can't get wet it just uh you know it expands and it loses its strength as well when it gets wet like this and it's best to replace the affected parts before the damage gets worse particle board furniture which we all see a lot and we're not going to say anything about that one company that you could put it together yourself. We all know it. It's a great company, so we won't want to say nothing. But they sell a lot of particle board furniture. Particle board furniture is really your cheaper furniture. And actually, this very desk I'm sitting in here doing this radio show is made out of particle board. Looks beautiful. It's got wood grain, how they did it, decorated it all up. But heaven forbid it gets wet, it'll just disintegrate. But what's even worse is how it falls apart where it touches the floor, like in the basements or such areas like that, where there's going to be dampness. So, you want to make sure that if you're going to use it, try just to be careful, make sure it doesn't get wet. You know, that's want to make sure that stays safe, all right? So, particle board, or we also call particle board oriented strand board now osb board it's technically the same kind it's not pressed wood like that it's not a sawdust it just but what osb board isn't man this stuff is coming out here and it is just doing marvelous work that just gets better and better all the time and uh, so we're just going to spend a little bit of time on this. Probably a little more than we have on the other boards. You guys all know. You folks already pretty much know all about uh, plywood and its uh, its applications. It's been around for so long. But OSB board, it's been around now for you know I don't know uh, thirty years or so, and it's getting we're having different applications of it. But what it is is actually is strands of wood that oriented lengthwise and then arranged in layers, laid up into mats, and then bonded together with a moisture resistant, heat cured adhesives. What they do is by cross oriented, it provides the extra strength that you would get uh out of it 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 makes it so as that so not just use it vertically but you can use it horizontally uh so there are the great applications the biggest problem that i've experienced out in the field with osb board is that it does delaminate it does deteriorate also with moisture uh if especially on the ends of it So when we use it for roof sheathing, we use it for wall sheathing, sheathing. That's the substrate underneath your siding. And uh we've I have have witnessed countless jobs where we use the OSB board and the edges of it on the roof get wet and just start you start seeing it swell up and it just falls apart. So even though it's a great product, it definitely has some of its drawbacks with that. Now, also, too, whenever the people ask me, what direction should I put it on? You'll see that there's two different sides on it. And the side that goes to the exterior, if we're using it as sheathing, uh, will always have this side out. Out means towards the weather. Still, I highly recommend that you get them edges sealed whenever you put it on a roof or something like that, where or any place that an edge of this OSB board would be exposed. Now, I get asked, is OSB board better than plywood? Well, it's stronger than plywood in sheer values. Uh, there is a, you know, you take It's actually twice as strong as plywood. And this is one of the reasons OSB board, is OSB is used for webs of wooding eye joist. Now, we'll talk about all the different applications, engineered lumber on, and, and, and joists and hangers and all, and trusses and all that a little bit later in another show. But you'll see that we actually have eye beams or eye joists. And these eye joists are just, a th- believe it or not, they're just a thin sheet, like, a, you know, of, of plywood stuck between two pieces of regular wood. Uh, a lot of times, or maybe it's an engineered lumber on top or bottom. It just looks like an eye. Now, this one of the advantages I want to just real quick on hit on this because this is something that we're seeing more and more used on is that because uh, you can get these in long lengths, there, you know, not just standard uh, 10, 12, 16 feet, you can get them 20, 30, whatever, uh, in lengths. I have been seeing, and I did it myself on my own home where i needed to use them for of course they're used for floor joists right but i've been using them for rafters when i have a long expanse that i can't get a piece of a long enough piece of lumber to reach from one point a to point b from top to the bottom these things are working great and because i they're that where they're at they're absolutely being covered so we don't have any uh, issues with any moisture getting to them and so far Knock on wood, we've been doing this for, I don't know, uh, I've been doing it now for 15 years, and we've been having great, great work with it. Now, they do have a problem with sometimes holding the nails, because I have seen where my nails literally backed out, we call it walking out of the wood. And uh, so make sure that if you use, a, we call them fasteners, but nails, screws, whatever. But if you're using a nail, try to use a ring shank nail. Okay, still will do it. I've seen screws walk out of them. So try to use an adhesive uh, fastener uh, that that you know that some you know that some sort of compound that they use to help glue it in there. That will definitely help you tremendously with that. We're going to keep on moving here so much with, uh, so much for that type of application. How they use it is wood fiber is effective in OSB board. And we know that it's twice as strong. Now, we talked a little bit about the wood and water resilient. Okay. So we do have different grades of board out there. And yes, you can. It's It's great if, if you keep the edges sealed i know they don't like to talk about that but yep. as a whole it's going to be better than plywood in the field so think about that all right because of them issues that i was talking about can osb board get rained on folks how many times have we seen a house over the years that didn't get rained on whenever it was being built or a room addition uh, you know, I think that that's one thing I find all the time is that we literally have it gets rained on. Now, I get that phone call all the time. Is it going to run? It's going to fall apart. I hear, I just heard it on uh, about the house, how it can have problems. It, no. It can take rain. It's not like it's. Just, it's not like that other particle board where it just swells up quickly. It has a time a life expectancy there, and normally it's about over oh, 90 days. That you should leave it. Uh, you shouldn't leave it exposed for more than 90 days. So I just think about that, you know. And then normally within 90 days, you'll have your siding on your home, or covered up. Now I also see a lot of people putting this OSB board on inside their houses like a wall paneling. That really, really looks sharp, and it's very popular in some of our more modern type homes or decor. In that case, you'll want to flip your board to the other side—the waxy side, the resin side, the shiny side. You want to. You, that's really not going to hold paint. So we flip it over to the other side, uh, and to where exposed, and you know, really—you'll be really, really happy with the way it looks. So anyway, number of great ideas of what we could do with that, and how people use it all the time. Is I get asked—is OSB board cheaper than plywood? well yeah it is uh, that's what's helped make it so we use it so much more Uh we use it you know in our subfloors and our sheathing because it does it could save you a ton of money and because it's just it's stronger uh it's just a great opportunity a great way of using it so anyway we move over here i get asked and uh, now again i'm stepping on painters feet so any of you painters got a different idea please jump in here and share with us but what do you seal OSB board with? Well, this is what I'm told uh, that you uh, that that you tips for painting OSB board. You want to prime it with two coats of oil-based primer, such as Kills, uh, Complete. Or of course, I love Sherwin Williams, and a lot of the painters in the Midwest love Sherwin Williams Pro Block. So it's kind of a cheap throw out there, but uh, they I love that company. Uh, so that but Sherwin Williams Pro Block. And they recommend that you primer it twice. And at that's what they're saying. Uh, we talked about how long it can be left out there. I say 90 days. You know, some people will maybe say six months, but it really the sooner you can get it covered, the better. And, uh, so another question I get, because we see on, we see it used in both ways. Uh, can OSB board be installed vertically or horizontally? Well, If the wall is less than 8 feet, we normally install it vertically. But if the wall is higher than 8 feet, then you can absolutely install it horizontally. It works great structurally. It will hold, and it is to the new 2018 building code. So no worries there. They know it's strong enough to take a lot. Now, of course, in some of our... Uh, areas and I know this radio show goes all over some of our areas uh, hurricanes and, and, and such and earthquakes they have to do a little more beefing up but they have to beef them up all everything anyway because of the intense uh, uh, weather that they have you can put it any way you want it's going to hold fine you're going to love it and uh, you know I got a note here that I'm looking down at now they said that this note says that there is some people that say you're not allowed to use OSB as an interior finish because of ordinances or codes. Well, like I said, it does work, but because of the glue, some people have a little tendency to have some allergies to it. If it's on the outside, don't worry about it. Um, So if you are one of those, which we talked about with the formaldehyde with the other uh, type of board, just maybe that's not such a good idea to be using that inside the home so with that idea was just keep on moving here and move into a different type of osb board now we're seeing this all over now and that's that green plywood that you see on buildings we see it you're actually we're seeing it on high rises you know that are going which you know where we wasn't able to use some of our other type of building materials because of the structural integrity of it we're literally seeing it going for Uh, even five-story buildings. Um, We've got a lot here in the Midwest of of, of apartments, four-story apartments uh, that are using this. Uh, I've seen it on five-story. I don't know how high the code will let it go. But this green board, it's an OSB board, and it's called the ZIP system, Z-I-P system. And why is it a system? Because what it is is the wood, and then they use a tape over it. We'll talk more about that, but what they remember, we was talking about the moisture getting on the edges. All right, so this is a so what it is is this OSB board. It's a water retarded material, so as that it does not allow moisture to penetrate through the field ever, or as long as it's protected behind our siding then they put this black tape on it it's called uh, well it's a zip system tape uh, and it's specifically designed to hold to that type of resin water retardant uh, barrier on the outside this literally will help you uh, instead of having you know, we have a, remember a lot of times we get into a remodeling job or, or even a, we get some, mm-hmm. we get into some lawsuits, you know, where the sheathing is deteriorated, whether it be OSB or a plywood. Well, this is stopping that from happening. What happens is on our other types of sheathing type materials, uh, that it gets into that, Inside the walls, and it deteriorates. It, you know, the moisture can get into there; it could cause mold and whatnot. While well, using this different system, it's not only a air, it's not only a moisture barrier, but it's also a vapor barrier, meaning that it doesn't let the air come through. Which is a, it's really not technically, you know, a green energy product. I know it gets advertised as that. But it, it's technically not. But it, man, I tell you, it it works great. It tightens up your house. Its air infiltration is one of the biggest things we've talked about on this show countless times. So that by using this tape, you can also use this same zip system tape to flash around your windows and your doors, so as that it makes it even more watertight and airtight. We get a lot of air leakage around them systems right there. So we want to make sure that that's all wrapped up nice and tight. You know, if it's done right, it's got up to a 30-year limited warranty. 30 years. That's pretty good stuff. It can also be used on roof systems. You'll see a lot of that on our roof systems too. And they'll just put that black tape right over that system tape right over top of that. And uh, boy, I tell you what—you know—who uh, hasn't had a roof shingle job that hasn't had some wood replacement? Now, the old days we used planks—you know, one by sixes, uh, one by fours, one by six wooden planks, mostly a lot of times yellow pine, uh, which was great stuff, but it is cost and, uh, prohibitive. So what we want to do is uh, so when people went to plywood, well, plywood. You know, our roof, even when we put that uh, tar paper or whatever over top of it, it still doesn't make it an absolute water resistant or type material. And so that's why we have so much sheathing that goes bad uh, on our roofs. Well, with this new system, well, it's really not a new system, but this zip system, you will eliminate this and uh well like i said a 30-year warranty so that's pretty good you know most of us don't live in our houses over 30 years so you get a good shingle you get a good uh, sheathing system like this and it there again it is a very much a engineered lumber so anyway folks these are some of the different things that uh different types of sheathing that are engineered lumber And I'm just going to kind of just go over a little bit here quickly and not a whole lot. And we're going to take this to another show uh, because I want to talk about the different types of lamb beams and, and the different beam systems that they're using now. For with engineered lumber, I just kind of wanted to talk about, a little bit about our plywood systems because we use a lot of that and we see a lot of it out there. But we, you know, we have a glued uh, laminated timber. We call them glue lambs. And what they are basically is composed of several layers of dimensional timber glued together uh, with a moisture resistant adhesive. And we can make long horizontal beams that you can't make, you can't get with a regular uh, uh, saw wood, saw cut lumber. For instance, we see a lot of these glue lamps are used actually over uh, header beams, you know, like for our garages and stuff like this, because the old beam, you know, we're going to talk about trusses and things like that a little later in another show, but these are great for carrying a heavier load uh, than, you know, because of their density than you can with regular uh, sawmill wood. And then you got your laminated veneers, uh, we call them LVLs, and uh, that that is, is, of course it sounds just like what it is, laminated veneered lumber, and it's produced by bonding thin wood layers together, and uh, it, it's really great stuff, and they put this parallel to the long direction, and um, very pretty uh, type material. You'll see this kind of material out there, different kinds of uh, interior applications. You got cross laminated timber, uh, CLTs. I know this is gets confusing. By the time, you know, I know our heads are spinning right now. What the heck? How am I going to keep track of all this stuff? Well, that's what the great thing about this podcast is. Stop, back up, stop, back up, and listen to it over and over. That will help you. And also, you can always contact us, and we'll talk to you about that. Trouble is, is there's not many real sawmills left out there in the real world or lumber companies. I love the Home Depots. I love the Lowe's. I shop there a lot. Menards, you know, the list goes on and on. Chick Lumber, whatnot. But there's just hardly any... Old fashioned lumber yards. But if you can find a good old fashioned lumber yard, them boys back there, they know all about what it is they're selling. And, uh, they'll help you out with asking any questions. So we also got, uh, we call it a parallel strand lumber, uh, PSLs. And, uh, we'll talk more about that. You know, they're really, really neat. Uh, you can make the, they come in common sizes, like three and a half inches, you know, like a two by four. Uh, five and a quarter inches, seven inches, you know, and uh, they use them for um, uh, eye joists. You could use them for columns, uh, four by fours to eight by eight in size. You can get them. Really, really awesome stuff. Laminated strand. So that's another one. Well, anyway, folks, uh, what we're going to do is just kind of just uh, knock it off here because I really kind of want to wander into the different beams in a different show, I wanted to have this one. I just wanted to make you familiar of all the different types out there. So the next one we're going to our next radio show we're going to talk about is we're going to be speaking about what we can do for the different lamb beams out there, the different beam systems. Remember, we talked about that one system out there that's actually better than or equal in many ways to steel maybe not not necessarily better but definitely equal In many applications to steel we want to drill deeper into that how they're designed what you can use these applications for in your home you know you heck you see some of these beautiful uh these uh, beams uh, uh, engineered lumber and are uh, both for churches and interior oh they're just they're just absolutely gorgeous painters love them because they work so well And then we're going to talk about trusses and we're going to, you know, load buried, uh, different types of engineered materials on that too. But I hope that that has not been too confusing. I hope it's kind of been fun. I know I'm kind of a a construction nerd. I love this stuff. It's just like I said earlier at the beginning of the show. I'm just like a kid in a candy store. I just love to hear about it and learn about this, these things. And, and, uh, and, and every day somebody's coming up with something different. Uh so you know just because of what we're doing today don't mean we're not going to catch something later so, anyway folks thank you so much for listening to our show like i said this is galloway building services we provide this show of course this is an awesome show about the house my name, Troy Galloway. If you do ever have a construction problem or uh, you want your construction project to be taken a look at, make sure it's being done right. Give us a call. Litigation work. Of course, we do building uh, and, and commercial building and home inspections. So, you know, what you're buying. Uh, we are only a company like what we are in the Midwest, and we would love to help you. If you contact us and you tell us that you listen to this show, and you heard me say I will give that we'll give you a 25% discount. Just remind me, say it, you'll get it. It's uh, we do it all the time. People take advantage of it. Hey, it's a great way of saving some money on a big construction project. You know what's the worst part about a construction project? Is you get it done, you get it paid for and it wasn't being done right, and you got to do it in a few years all over again, heck fire, we didn't want the mess in the first place, let alone have to do it again. So you give us a call. My office number is 314-520-6655 and 636-394-3112. Either one of these numbers will get you to us. We would love to have an opportunity to help you answer any questions uh we don't get to you right away we'll get to you within the next day or so so don't worry we're here for you thank you for listening to our show i want to thank our awesome producer joey for helping us out he's always a blessing he puts up with me i don't know how he does it my wife don't know how he does it either but god bless him thank you joey and y'all have a great day Sponsored by Troy Galloway and Galloway Building Services, your top choice for professional home inspections in the St. Louis area. GallowayBuildingServices.com.